Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Today I have a special guest I'm gonna bring on here in a minute. I'm gonna bring Eric Carroll from uh, Dad Talk today. And we're gonna talk a little bit about the John Mast situation. I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, if you follow Dad Talk today, you've obviously seen some interviews, but I know there's a lot of people on my site that may not be familiar with it. And I figured that he would be an outstanding source to get an update on what's going on and what he's working on to try to make sure that this story isn't forgotten or lost in the shuffle. So let me bring on Eric. Thanks for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, Dwayne. Appreciate it, my man. I know you've been going through a lot in this last uh, last couple of weeks. Um, uh, for the people who who aren't familiar with John and his story, could you give a, a little, uh, a I mean, for whatever you can talk about, a brief story, uh, you know, background on, on who he is and what's going on or what happened? Yeah, man. So John was an alienated father. He had been fighting for his children, <clears throat> excuse me, for over three years now. Um, he had faced a silver bullet, the false allegation of sexual molestation of his kids. Uh, he had did everything possible to clear his name. He had taken psychosexual assessments. Not only did he pass it, they said he passed it with one of the lowest scores that they had ever seen. There had been allegations about physical abuse. Uh, and they actually got footage to show nothing that what he was accused of was actually happening. But he got exonerated uh, completely last May. It wasn't until December that they had a hearing to let him know when he was going to get his kids back. And uh, he found out that it was supposed to be a couple weeks ago. And when he showed up to the designated meeting spot, uh, he had his back turned and he was met by his father-in-law who shot him three times in the back and, and murdered him. Yeah. I, I mean, I know anybody who's just watching that and isn't familiar with it. You just got to, it's, it's, it's like a sucker punch. And I, and I know we don't really get a chance to talk too much, but, uh, I do remember when, uh, you were posting that he was getting his kids and how happy he was and, you know, cursorily on the side, I was like, Oh man, this is really great. You know, somebody's finally, you know, finally fought the good fight. And then all this information came out and it was just, you know, well, devastating. I mean, I know it's devastating to you. You, you know, you had an interaction with him, but just the whole community. I mean, he, it, it was one of those things where a lot of people, I think, were looking at the story like, okay, you know, this is a success. And then to get ambushed like that is just devastating. I mean, how are you doing with all this? I mean, I, I know this has got to be a, just a sucker punch for you as well. It's rough, man, because, you know, I, I did a Thanksgiving marathon for alienated parents and John was the first person on there. So I just spoke with him a couple of months ago and I had spoke with him many times before over email. But uh, ever since I've started Dad Talk, man, I get I get some uh, messages sometimes that, that gets to, you, you know, somebody that's committing suicide or that something's really bad's going on. I never woke up in the middle of the night to pee in my life until I hit my 30s. But now um I do several times a night. And the first thing I do is check my phone and it's because of, of situations like this. And that's what happened that morning. I checked my phone and I had got a message from John's sister who had, you know, John had told her about me and they knew about it and she wanted me to hear the news. And, uh, I mean, I lost it, man. I mean, that yeah. was one of her brothers and it's one of those, if you're alienated and you've been going through something like this, I think it makes everybody stop and think that could have been me. You know, oh yeah, so, um, I, I mean, definitely. I know a lot of people who get paranoid about stuff like that, you know, I mean, and you, 
I mean, it's a tough one, right? I mean, I, I've, I've seen a couple of, or I saw one of your, your shows that you did the interview with the attorney. Uh, I've seen some of your updates that you've posted. And, and guys, if you're not familiar, swing on over to Dad Talk today on Facebook and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and you can get, check out those interviews. I'll put links in the show notes in the description later so you can follow up on it if you, if you haven't seen it. But uh, anyways, I, I just, you know... It, I mean, because we do similar things, right? I mean, you know, with our ch- with our channels and stuff, and and I was, I mean, I know for me, I was looking at going, man, you know, this is cool. I mean, this would be a good guy to talk to, you know, because he's persevered through it. You know, he's gone through the three years. Um, you know, I mean, I have I have uh, coaching clients right now who are going through uh, the false allegations, the sec, you know, the molestation of their kids that has been unfounded and 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 stuff, and you you don't. I mean, you don't necessarily think about this. And if you are this being a possibility, well, I was going to say a minute ago is, I mean, there was a period of time in the early part of my thing that I was starting to get paranoid thinking, you know, is, you know, my ex doesn't want me breathing anymore. I mean, is it, could she do something, you know, to, to do that? And and you just, I mean, you, you can't live in fear, but at the same time, I mean, when something happens, I mean, and this was a complete ambush, you know, I mean, it was. You know, I mean, I, I know that the, I was just looking at the news articles. Well, let me ask you this. So, I, I, wh- I mean, I, I'm assuming you can't say s- some things. I, well, I ask you this. What do you what do you know of the status of the father-in-law? And depending on your answer, then I can either just go from what I was reading or what you know. The father-in-law is in jail. He, he was arrested and he has admitted to the murder. Okay. Yeah, that's what I saw. He's still he's still being held capital they're still what I read earlier is they're still trying to decide whether they're going to um, pursue the death penalty a uh, bit, but for all intents and purposes, it was absolutely premeditated. I mean, he planned it. He told the, from what I read, he told the, the police officers that, that arrested him on, on the scene that he didn't leave. He just stayed there uh, that that's what he was there to do. You know yep. I mean? Yeah. And he admitted that. Yep. Let me ask you this, I, I, and I don't know if you can say this or not, but uh, I either read or you guys said in one of your other interviews that he had brought his uh, his brother and his sister, John had brought his brother and sister just to kind of videotape everything to make sure that if, you know, pretty much so if any other allegations came out to try to, you know, just have some evidence, did they, I mean, did they see what happened or did everyone get ambushed? I mean, did, was it just kind of like they looked over and it was happening or were they preparing like, okay, well, let's get ready. You know, he's going to get the kids. Let's get the filming going. Did they see what happened? I don't know about them filming it. Um, that, that, that could be a possibility, but they was right beside him and watched the brother and the sister watched John get murdered. Yep. Oh man. So one of the things that if people haven't been watching your stuff, you have, you're, you're really championing awareness on this. You've coined the, I stand with John hashtag. I think that was you. Um, yes. And then you and, uh, was it Richard Garza? Was it am I Robert right? the, Garza? Robert. Yeah. Okay. Basically took a road trip where you went and you're working on a documentary. Can you talk a little bit about what you're, what you're, you're doing with that and what your goal and your hopes are for that? Yeah, man. And and I appreciate that. The whole I stand with John thing came out because, you know, I don't know what it's like to go through a a false sexual allegation, but I know that if I was facing that, I would want somebody 
to stand up with me. And we know how slimy and, and scumball the media can be right now. And knowing that John had cleared himself in every way possible, just the fact there's a reason they call it the silver bullet. Uh, because he had faced this false allegation, even if they can prove their innocence, you're always going to have that black cloud over your head. So I knew as soon as the media got a hold of this, they're going to hear this father had faced this sexual allegation and they're going to paint this father-in-law out to be a hero. Uh, we was actually set to go and start filming on something up in Michigan, and I, I switched the tickets right away. Uh, me, Robert, and Melissa Isaac, we we all took off. We did a 5,300-mile uh, round trip. It was, it was a lot of uh, traveling, but we documented everything. Uh, as we did it, the, the case, it gets a little confusing. The, the case went down in North Dakota where um, John had actually got some orders against um, his ex, and then she hopped state lines, and so he had to go restart the process all over again in Idaho. But uh, the, the case started in North Dakota, and then she went to Idaho, and then that's where John ended up, and he was murdered. Funeral took place in Montana. So we tried to go to every one of those spots and document it while it was fresh. I got to say thank you to the family because I know that was a very private and personal time, but they want justice for John. And uh, for everybody to see those emotions, if you got family that doesn't know what you're going through with parental alienation or they don't understand what it's like being in your shoes facing false accusations, this is the film that you're going to want to show them because it walks it through every single bit of that journey. And uh, it was it was really hard to do. It was hard to ask questions, especially when you know this stuff had happened just a few days before that. But we're, we're making this documentary. It's being edited down now. Uh, it was completely funded by the the community, and I can't say thank you enough. You know, we we told people if they wanted to get their names in the credits to send donations, and uh, I mean, we had a lot of expenses, but we we took off. We said this is very important. When we say we stand with John, that's not just for a hashtag, because we know the picture that's going to be painted of this guy in the media, and it was very important that someone like us that understands these issues are the ones that gets the story out, and that's what we plan on doing. You know, one of the things I'll, I'll say on that is so far, all the articles I've read, and may, maybe I've missed some of them, but all of them basically say that he was uh, exonerated of all, all allegations. There were no criminal cases in any of the states. So, so far from what I've read, it's been, and even some of the, the, the uh, uh, video reporting I've seen on the local stations, they seem to be doing a pretty fair job. But I hear you. I could see that that's a, a, a real issue because once you're painted with that, people always go, well, you know, well, of course there's got to be something there because why would someone do this or do what the father-in-law did if there wasn't some accusation there? But it's just, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing that. Well, one of the other things I just wanted to, to um, say is when this first happened, I wasn't entirely sure how to cover it because, you know, you don't know, there's two sides of story, you know, you know there's two sides to each story. Right. And it's like, I hadn't talked to him and I hadn't been able to find uh, your interview with him, which I, I still need to watch. But one thing I've noticed just from what you've put out so far and talking with the family and even with the attorney and all, uh, it's pretty apparent. This guy was a pretty special low key, uh, tremendous amount of perseverance. I mean, the fact that, that, that he wasn't saying anything bad about his ex and, and was being incredibly positive is just, I mean, I've heard, I've seen you say a, a couple of times that 
I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have been that calm and that, that, uh, I don't know, nice or, you know, accommodating, or I don't know what the right word is. Was that, I mean, as you delved into that, was that kind of surprising or did you have that take from him from the first time you talked to him or did it really expand as you, you started talking more with people? I had got that impression from John right away. I mean, even when he was telling me the story and it was in private messages, he never spoke uh, bad about his ex-wife. And he, he he blamed the family law courts for the reason that it had done this, even though all these other acts had happened. He never spoke an ill word towards her. And you're, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, if that had been me, I didn't face nothing nowhere near what John did. And I know what my emotions are. We're human. We get mad, yeah. especially when it comes to our children. Uh, they're, they're treating our children like a product and trying to sell that time back with a child. It's one of the most horrendous acts that I've ever seen. In fact, if I could, I'd like to touch on something that you just you was talking yeah. about with the fair media coverage. When this happened, I contacted the media right away. I said, I've got interviews with the guy. I've got the other side of the story before this goes out. I want you to know the true story. So I had been in contact with them and I wanted to make sure before something like this goes down, uh, when they when they took John's life, they took one of our brothers. And I don't take that lightly. I mean, to have to go stand over the casket of one of the guys that came to us to get his stories out. I made sure that we was going to fight tooth and nail to make sure he gets fair coverage. What was the response from the media when you talked to him? They let us know, you know, uh, thank you for that. And uh, we'll check into it. But that was that was pretty much it, man. I mean, that it's it's sad because you don't see anything about our issues in the media much unless something to this extent happens. So I knew right away is like and, and I told the family I was going to do that. It was like, I'm getting out there and making sure they know that, you know, if they do report on this, make sure that they come and get the other side of the story first, because. Uh, these these fathers that get painted with that silver bullet, man, it's really hard for them to overcome. Well, and and typically in the news, it's, you know, you have a typically what seems to happen is you have a father either take themselves out or they take a bunch of people out. Right. I mean, I, I don't know how many yep. news articles. I mean, you probably do the same thing I do. If you hear something that's pretty tragic and you're and, and I'll, I'll read it and it'll be, you know, a, a domestic issue. And I'm like, OK, I'm waiting for the last line when it says, a dis, you know, a high conflict custody battle. And almost inevitably, that's what it is. But I don't recall hearing a, a story like this one where, you know, the the family was so turned against a person that I mean, b- because effectively everyone's everyone's destroyed on this. The kids have lost their dad and they've lost their grandfather. You know, I mean, it's like, there's no, there, this is destruction across the board. Right. I mean, yeah, they're without their dad. Uh, The parents are without their son. And I got to say, it was one of the most beautiful families I've ever had the privilege of meeting. John's probably got the sweetest mother and I've got a sweet mom myself, but she, he's probably got one of the sweetest moms I've ever met. It was just like a family out of a, a, a fairy tale, man. And to see them going through that pain, uh, knowing how hard John fought, you know, that the part that gets me the most about this, Dwayne, he spent tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, clearing his name, fighting for his children inside the family law courts. He did everything that he's told to do to get justice. And this, this is where you're going to find justice. This is where this is going to happen. Three years of his life that he'll never get back. And now he's, he's not going to get any of that back, but three years of his life, he'll never get back while he was trapped in those family law courts, spending all that money fighting for those children. And for him to, 
to face this. I mean, it's one of the, the biggest injustices I've ever seen. Uh, you know, the, the government really needs to wake up. They, they tell us to come to them and do things, you know, the, the way that they have it mapped out. But this is a failed system. It's broken. And they, they need to wake up before more incidents like this happens to other fathers. Well, I think the, the problem, well, not the problem, but I mean, one of the issues is, is that the system isn't geared up for people to lie like this. You know, it, it's set up to think that if you bring up a, a, a situ, you know, you bring up something that it's, you wouldn't just lie about it. You know right. I mean? But I mean, there's got to be more reform or changes. I mean, this should, I mean, this should have never happened. I mean, that, the fact I heard you say the other day when you were talking with, what's the attorney's name? Kevin Hickey. Kevin Hickey. So when you were yep. talking with, with Kevin, you had said that, or he'd brought up the fact, like, and you mentioned earlier that he had uh, initially won custody and the accusations were, um, you know, basically thought BS, but she left. I mean, she grabbed the kids left and they let the, the, the jurisdiction change. And then he got caught in the machine where instead of somebody saying, Hey, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. They ran his life through hell for three years. You know, I mean, it's just, and then for this, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tragic. You know, I mean, and, and, and I, I, I really appreciate what you're doing because a lot of times when I, when I talk about something, I want there to be a positive at the end. It's like, okay, here's a story and here's the takeaway of something positive. And there is nothing positive on this, but what you're doing is potentially the positive, getting the information out there. Hopefully you've been talking about a John's law or something to, to really do something different with that. That's the legacy that can make this, this whole tragic situation worthwhile. Yeah. And, and, you know, John was a quiet guy, man. He he wasn't somebody that spoke, but when it came to this issue, uh, he was very outspoken about it. If you go down his Facebook wall, you'll see time and time again, reassuring about dad talk, wanting to see the laws changed. Uh, I know this is something that he would want to see. He believed in this fight and what we do. I believe John does need to have a law in his name. I'm planning on going and talking to some lawmakers next week while we're at CPAC and telling them about this story. And that's that's going to be another, you know, uh, big importance of why we're doing this documentary. It's not so we go make a film or make a documentary. This tells the other part of the story that they rarely ever get to see. Most of the time they don't care about our issues because they've never faced it. But let's show them what it's like to be a family member that just lost a son, that just lost a brother, that, that had to witness this going down. And for those children, uh, you know, we want to make sure we got this documented to let them know just how much their father loved them because we don't know what story they're going to be told. And John's not around to do it anymore. Uh, you know, I think one of the most heartbreaking parts of this, Dwayne, is while he was on my show, I asked him since it was Thanksgiving, done been exonerated in May. He should have had his kids for Thanksgiving, not sitting there talking to me. Yeah. But um, he, he's on there talking about that. And I'm like, you know, John, you, you've been going through this for years now. What have you do, did to, to keep your head sane? Have you documented anything so your children get to see what's going on? You know, and he talked about these journals that he had been writing them. And so when this first happened, I, I mentioned to the family, I was like, John told me he had journals for those kids. Uh, make sure to find them. And they found them. And, you know, we've, we've made a couple of posts and you can just read the pain on those pages of what he was going through. 
you know, many times they, you know, and, and I said at the service, they say parental alienation is like grieving the loss of a living child. Here we are grieving the loss of one of our brothers, parental alienation and it's child abuse. And many times people say, oh, you got to keep it about the kids. Well, it's about the parents too. John should have never went through this. This was abuse to no. him in every single way. It was financial abuse. It was mental abuse. Uh, there was many parties that was affected by this. And, uh, well, you've got to do something, man. We, we we can't let this just keep going on. I'm glad the community is woke up right now. This has been getting international attention, but we've got to get attention on these issues before stuff like this happens. No, I agree with you, man. And, you know, it, it's it's sad how many people have had to suffer through this. I mean, hell, you're still suffering through it. And, it's it, you know, these stories pop up. And people go, oh, my God, that's tragic. And then they move on and there's something else and it falls through the cracks and they don't they don't remember it. Uh, I mean, I think what you're doing with this cause to try to make sure that doesn't happen is extraordinary. And one of the questions I wanted to or one of one of the issues I brought up and you kind of just mentioned it is uh, that you just recently our dad talk today has been just recently asked to go to CPAC, which is, I think, next week. So congratulations on that. And how are you going to incorporate the, this I stand with John with that? I mean, is that going to be a big, big push in when you're at CPAC? I think so. Navigating the political landscape is like, uh, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do, man. Uh, but I, I know there's going to be some of the Dakota governors and senators and different people mixed in there. So anybody that I think I can get an audience with to tell them about John's story, we're going to do it. This is the second year that Dad Talk has been invited to be a part of the media at CPAC. Last year, we was in between Sirius XM and Breitbart, and here's Dad Talk today in between. Uh, just goes to show you they was excited to hear from us. They're hearing about our issues. People are starting to wake up. They're starting to listen. And the more that we can grow this awareness, guys, we can we can get some laws changed so that fathers like John never have to go through this in the first place. Uh, you know, I've, I've said from the very beginning, Dad Talks, one of those shows that I want to end eventually so I can go on and talk about other things like let's get some solutions. And uh, I mean, we shouldn't even have to be doing this in the first place. It's our kids. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, and I just want to just dovetail a bit with, with what you're saying. I mean, not everybody gets to go and be in the media pool on CPAC. No, I, I mean, know this is plenty a, of shows that got turned down and they yeah. were bigger shows than us. They got a, a, a much more massive following. No, this, this was a personal this is a big invite. Deal. Yeah. I mean, That's this a is a, deal. this is a huge victory. I mean, when you did it last year, I think it was, I mean, you didn't start on media row. Somebody basically was like, wait a minute, why aren't you? <laughs> right. I mean. So people yes, see the organizer. So I, I got on a couple of different shows to interview and I uh, guess the, the organizer heard about it. And then he came and asked us if we would be on media row. And that was my first time, first political event I've ever been to and uh, didn't have no camera equipment, nothing there. Luckily there was a guy that inside the same community, never met him before. He was brought up there to work on stuff. He was sitting there on day two, hadn't done a single interview, and he was getting a little frustrated. He was like, why am I even here? And then when he heard about this opportunity, he's like, I got a camera. We can set up. I went and printed up a, a Dad Talk Today banner for 200 bucks at the little FedEx office down there. It looked kind of uh, pitiful, to be honest with you. 
But we set that up, man, and we interviewed so many people and talked to them about our issues. And it became one of the most popular issues there. When it comes to the Republicans, the probably number one issue that they are familiar with is the fatherless issue. Yeah. So that was a really hot topic because they got some of their candidates to talk about it. Um, and you, you just got to be a little strategic in how you present it with them. But, man, um, there is some very powerful people that are going to be there next week and we've been invited with open arms. So, um, that's, we're going to do our best. Yep. So on the, just to, I I don't know if we hit this before, but I just want to, you're on this documentary thing. You're doing two parts. You're doing the, I stand with John and I'm still, still stand. Are you doing a second part to cover basically it sounds like what you're planning on doing is like, what's the aftermath with the actual criminal case? Is that what your plan is? Yeah. So, uh, originally we, you know, we, we got to talking about it. We was wanting to release something really quick and to release a documentary in this short of a time is Insane. ridiculous <laughs> in, in the first place. Most people have big budgets and a long time to do it. Well, we don't. Um, so, uh, the family's wanting to get something out there soon. And I had told him, I was like, this is, it's kind of, a uh, puts you in the middle of a hard spot because when people see this, they're going to be angry. They're going to want to see solutions. Well, what happens next? And we're getting questions left and right. And I'm, I'm having to tell people, I, I can't answer that right now. I know a little bit, but, you know, I got to be respectful of the family and the law enforcement that's doing their job. So we came up with the idea to do I Stand With John, the story of John Mast. And then the second part will be called Still Standing, The Trials of John Mast. Uh, okay. And that will that will probably be a while because, you know, you don't get justice overnight. You know, it sometimes it takes a while and then we're going to be doing this same thing, self-funding and, uh, you know, trying to get the donations in there and and get this going. But this is probably going to be quite a process before that one plays out. I'm hoping it's sooner than later that this thing can be wrapped up. But, you know, the system we're in, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be slow. Do you know yeah. if the uh, if his family is going to get to see the kids at all, or is that uh, going to be a big court battle too? I I can't answer that right now, okay. man. Well, I mean, I guess the easy easy thing is is more than are the the assumption would be with everything going on, the likelihood that the mom is allowing easy access is probably zero. So the only option would be to go to court to try to facilitate that. So. Um, I mean, and I guess the thing is, is I'm sure the grandparents and the cousins and everything want those kids to have, to know the legacy of their dad. Right. I mean, so that's a, I'm assuming that's a goal of theirs. I can confirm that. Absolutely. You know, and we asked them in, in some of the interviews, you know, if there was anything they wanted to say to the kids or to tell them just how much their dad loved them. Um, so that will be in there along with some of the journals that he wrote, you know, and that, it's it's crazy because sometimes, you know, I'm sure you're this way, Dwayne, when we're doing this. This is hard, man. Creating this kind of content and talking about these issues all the yeah. time, it can it can drive you nuts. And there's days that you just say, I want to give up. I don't know if it's helping anybody. And now, you know, something like this happens. And it's like the only way we would have ever heard John's side of this is because he came on last Thanksgiving. And I was having it hard at that point in time. I was trying to find the motivation. And now this, it's like, it, had we not done this? No, you're right, man. Had, had, had it fallen through, it would have fallen through the cracks. It would have been a, um, I don't, I don't recall this story. Well, I guess I don't really watch much national news anymore, but I don't think it was really covered. So, I mean, it would have just been a couple of, uh, articles here and there and 
just fallen through the cracks. So I'm really glad that you had an opportunity to talk to him and that you're actually doing, uh, doing this to, to just make sure that it doesn't, doesn't fall through the cracks. So we want him to get it right. John was one of those. He did everything possible to fight the right way, proved his innocence. And, uh, I'm not going to see him get painted in that negative light or for them to, to kind of twist that story to get a sensational thing out of it. So yeah. that's what I said. I'm sure to contact the media right away and let them know, like, we've got the actual side of this. If you, if you need to report on it, reach out to us because it would be easy to do, man. I mean, when it comes to the, the parents that are inside the family law courts, I mean, look, last year, stimulus checks, if you owe child support, you're not getting one. I mean, yeah. If you've been through a divorce, you're almost treated like a second-class citizen in this country. And um, I, I knew what was yeah. coming. I knew what was coming the second I heard the story. And uh, we're not standing for it. We stand with John. I It, it would be nice if uh, mainstream media would actually pick this story up and cover it appropriately to really get get some more awareness on it. So, Eric, what where can people find more information about what you got going on and, to, and if they want to support what you're doing or, uh, this documentary, where, where do they need to go? Uh, so dad talk today on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, we're getting pretty big over there on Instagram too. And the YouTube, we're still kind of fairly new to YouTube. So we need as many subscribers and as much help as we can get. Uh, you know, if, if you want to get your name in the credit or, or maybe you want to put a message out there to your alienated child and the credits on this film, and you've, you've been through something similar, uh, reach out to me. Uh, the PayPal is local at yahoo.com or Venmo. It's Lawrence. That's my first name. I can't believe I'm saying that on a show, but Lawrence dash Carol dash eight. And, uh, or if, if you just want to reach out to us, um, we're going to need everybody's help because I can tell you just alone the the flights to Washington for all three of us was a thousand dollars a piece, man. There's no airports out there. I wasn't used to that. It's a completely different landscape oh, yeah. up there. So just the travel alone is, is ridiculous. And luckily um, we've got a lot of people that are volunteering their time to make this happen. So we're doing it on a, on a shoestring budget and we're planning on doing more, more stories like this. Cause I mean, getting to see the up close, you know, personal picture, I think it brings a, completely different dynamic and uh, yeah. reality to what's going on. Last thing I just wanted to say is that, you know, most of my audience is on YouTube. So if you go to dad talk today and it looks like it's small, it's small on YouTube, but it's big on Facebook. You have like over, don't you, aren't you over a hundred thousand followers now on Facebook? Uh, we're at a quarter of a million. Okay. Yeah. Right so, at 250, so guys, Eric is, is, is hustling. He's, really working hard, uh, producing this show. And, uh, so support him. And for the YouTube people who spend most of their time out on that, I would encourage you to ring, uh, hit the subscribe button and ring the bell. So you, you get all the updates he's doing, uh, got going on. So Eric, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it, man. Hey man, I appreciate it, Dwayne.